this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. We always have so much fun with Rewind Weekend. I hope you guys had fun with that as much as I did anyway. And it's always fun we get to get the judge out, right? Love the judge. All right, so let's just celebrate just a little bit more. I do have a message for you today, um, but just a couple more celebrations. We were able to sponsor 27 kids for Christmas this year. 27. It's amazing. You guys always kill it. That is one thing that it's like I never have trouble finding people to help with. You go above and beyond. That represents 10 families, which is awesome. Some of them had no connection to Freedom Alley before that. Uh, We had four functioning home groups this year. And let me just preface this by saying our home group leaders are amazing. Home groups themselves are the best discipleship tool that we have. They are absolutely amazing. And four doesn't sound like a lot, but in a COVID year, (laughs) it is like we had one that's online only. Lisa Late leads uh, online only home group through Zoom. It's just awesome. We had some amazing home groups this year. Uh, We were able to send 12 kids to kids camp, summer camp, and 10 kids to breakaway. Awesome numbers in a COVID year. Uh, 12 youth as well to summer camp, which they are just life-changing experiences. Camp is absolutely amazing. Uh, We had 10 new partners this year, which is great. 38 baptisms. All favorite services all year. They're so much fun. Um, and then this, these numbers kind of go together, but we have, we count how many people raise hands, um, for salvation at the end of every service. We had 153 of them, 153. And then we also have something called I'm in. I don't know how much you know about the background of this, but you can text the number on the screen, right? I always say it at the end of service or, um, fill out the I'm in card. And we had 25 of those this year, people that we really got to lead through the salvation message. So absolutely awesome. Now, it's easy to look back at a year like this one and last year and just see all of the bad, right? All the things canceled, all the craziness that's happening. Um, and certainly we had, we had some tough years. We lost people. We lost all kinds of things. It was, felt like a year of losses in a lot of ways, but it's really, really important to also look back on the wins see what God has done in us and through us, even in tough times. That's what that in deserts like these was about, right? We, God still does things in us, even when it feels like a really dry desert season. So I have a short and sweet message for you today, which I'm going to preface by saying, don't ever believe a preacher when they say, when they say it's a short and sweet message, but um, it feels short and sweet to me. Uh, it's about the life of Mary, though. I, I We've just had a full weekend of Christmasing, right? Um, I hope you're not too tired of the Christmas story yet. Uh, I know today is a day for looking back and readying ourselves to look ahead as we approach the end of this year. You know, it might be our fourth or fifth annual Rewind weekend, but this has really become an important tradition in looking back and celebrating what God has done. And I think we can learn a lot about this principle from the life of Mary believe it or not, because we don't have a whole lot about her story. But I think we can pull a few things out. And I actually get this from the passage that we read last week and at Christmas Eve this week. We we read about the disciples worshiping Jesus, right? And I I mean, can you imagine? Right after giving birth, all the moms in the room can (laughs) attest to this, like right after giving birth, 
uh, shepherds burst in, right? She's just been through an ordeal, Mary, right? Like she's giving birth in a barn. Poor thing. Here come the shepherds and they're gawking and, and fawning. And But you know what? Sometimes I wonder if God didn't send shepherds because shepherds know what to do in that situation. Have you ever thought about that? Like in the event of a birth in a barn, you don't need some holy roller religious expert. You don't need a king or a rich person who's never gotten their hands dirty. You need a farmer, right? (laughs) You need somebody who knows what to do in a barn around birth. And I, I just think someone accustomed to getting their hands dirty, like the business of life and death, somebody who knows their way around a barn. And I wonder if the shepherds were not just worshipful, but they were also helpful. (laughs) They knew what to do in this situation. And wouldn't it be just like God to provide this out-of-the-way provision like that? Like an unexpected help in times of trouble. Wouldn't it be just like him? Help from the most unlikely place. Anyway, here these shepherds come. They come and they go. And then we see in Luke 19, But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Just keep that verse up there for a few moments. She kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. Mary treasured, in other versions it says she treasured all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. That verse has always stuck out to me. I first understood it though when I became a parent. treasure things as a parent. They're just some things that other people won't value as much as you do, right? Just some things that certain stories other people won't get like you do. Certain ways that your kid says stuff or, you know, other people, you tell them a story, they're like, yeah, so what? It's a toddler, right? But you're like, but my kid said that, (laughs) you know? It's just what three-year-olds do, but no, it means the world, to you as a parent. I used to think that's what this verse was about. Mary kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. It would be the mom thing to treasure some things in your heart. But now I also get it from a ministry perspective, from a life perspective. Ministry, life, it's tough. People are tough, right? It it hurts sometimes to be out there in the fields working for Jesus. Every once in a while though, There's this magical moment, a powerful moment that reminds you why you do what you do, right? Something no one else gets to see, a tearful, powerful salvation moment at the altar or, you know, babies being born or given to parents who've been praying for it forever or a radical life change because of something you said, a healing, a transformation, an all-encompassing like life change, something they never go back from, a relationship restored, a friendship forgiven and renewed. Like There are just these moments in ministry that you just have to treasure or you just, you're not going to make it. There's a lot of tough stuff too. You won't make it through the tough times if you don't treasure those moments. Jesus said, in this life there will be trouble. He didn't say there may be trouble. There could be trouble. There might be trouble. There will be trouble. But take heart, Jesus said, for I have overcome the world. See, to me, it seems that Jesus mixes up his verb tense a lot. Like, like it should say, I have, what does it say? Take heart, for I have overcome the world. It seems like in this moment, he should be saying, I will overcome the world. So he said this before he got on the cross right? 
before he comes back to banish Satan once and for all and set up his kingdom on earth, before creating a new heaven and a new earth. We just got talking about, got done talking about how Jesus's kingdom hasn't been fully set up yet, right? Like he's coming back, his story isn't over. He said, I have overcome the world before all of that. I have overcome the world, like Jesus. Did, did you mean to say that? Like, did we translate it correctly? It wasn't just on the cross, though. His birth was miraculous. Sometimes I think we forget that. Like his birth, his coming, miraculous in and of itself, that perfection would step down, that a God would not cling to his godliness, his power, his prestige, but that he would humble himself. It's miraculous. It's worth following. It's worth everything. And that's good because it will cost everything. Luke 9 Verse 57 says, as they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests. But the son of man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come, follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me run home and bury my father. Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Look, this, these sayings from Jesus might seem harsh. But he wasn't saying you're not to ever say bye to your family. He wasn't saying you're not to ever attend a funeral service. Some people take this a little too literally. He was saying, excuses, excuses, guys. But everybody has an excuse. So not yet. I can't follow Jesus yet. Don't we just have all the excuses? If we don't have our priorities in order, if we don't have Jesus as the first thing, the main thing, we're not going to make it. We may not make it. If Mary hadn't had her priorities in order, right? if she hadn't been treasuring the right things in her heart, I'm not sure she would have made it through raising the Son of God. Through raising a boy with more interest in the temple than anything else. Right? Through raising a man who grew in wisdom and stature, who would eventually become so famous and then suddenly infamous in the space of a week. A man who was hunted. The man, can you just imagine, who you nursed and held to your chest as a baby, suddenly hanging naked, beaten and broken on a tree while people mocked him and accused him. Just the mother's heart through that. I can't, I can't even imagine having to watch my son go through all of that. Take heart, Jesus said. Take heart. Take heart, right? It's, it's, it's an active way to say that. Take heart, to take control of your mind so that you can be brave and courageous enough to face difficult times. The Bible says, renew your mind and don't be anxious. In John 16, Jesus was telling his disciples that he was headed for a cross, and they didn't want to hear that, right? Heart, courage, faithfulness, tenacity, they aren't just going to be given to you. These are not things that just fall in your lap. You'll notice that courage is missing from the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It doesn't list courage in there. 
It's not just going to fall in your lap. This is something that must be taken. Take heart, Jesus said. You know, fear falls in your lap. Right? You can find fear lying around just anywhere. Pick that up any old place. Right? Fear is given to you. It's passed on. Heart is something that must be taken. Courage is something that must be taken. Take heart. That's the rewind message God has for you this year, Freedom Valley. Take heart. It's been a weird and rough couple of years. No denying that. Now, there's been some good, too. We celebrated some of the good today, but you know, a lot of unrest, a lot of unsettling, a lot of fear just lying around for the taking. Take heart instead. To do that, sometimes you need a little treasuring, a little storing, a little cataloging. Take some notes, make a list, make a, a vision board, whatever you have to do. But just like Mary, we have to treasure the right things in our heart. And don't forget, I think she treasured things in her heart on purpose. I think the Holy Spirit probably inspired her to do it. Don't forget the miracles, right? The times when God provided for you when it seemed like there was no way. The times when he opened a door for you and made a way where there was no way. The times he comforted you. The times he sent a gift that you didn't deserve. He blessed you beyond your wildest dreams. The time he answered your prayers. Now, maybe he didn't send shepherds to a barn in the middle of nowhere to help some strangers because they were told by a host of heavenly angels to give after a praise concert in a field, right? Maybe it's not quite like that. It's not, that's not the story. But if you have been walking with God, for any amount of time, then I know that you have come through some things in a way that just wasn't natural, in a way that was unique. It was God, and there was no denying it. I don't forget those moments. Don't forget the miracles. Treasure them in your heart. Think about them often. This isn't just a passive thing. You have to do it intentionally. It doesn't say receive heart. Other people can't do this for you. Take heart. Take heart. And we try. In church life, we're supposed to encourage each other, right? Build each other up, comfort one another. And, and we try to do that. But it's just like you can lead a horse to water. You can't make them drink. You can't make someone else take heart. <laughs> Something you have to do for yourself. Sometimes you just have to stand up, square your shoulders, and say, okay, Let's do this, right? Satan, come at me, bro. It's that, that righteous rebellion thing that I talked about a few weeks ago during this year. Like, it has to well up inside of you. You have to take heart. And this isn't just a Mary thing. We actually see this throughout the Old Testament, too. In fact, the whole book of Deuteronomy is really a call to remember. The Israelites had just walked through a crazy intense season of being liberated from Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea, and they're being provided for in the desert, and then 40 years in the desert of wandering, not knowing what was going on. They actually walked in circles. They, it was a crazy time for them, and yet at the end of Moses' ministry, he calls everybody together, and he delivers the sermon that is known as the book of Deuteronomy, and I just want to read a small portion to this of this to you. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. 
Remember how the Lord, your God, led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you've eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Oh, God is trying to get Israel to remember through Moses. Remember all the things that you have gone through. It's important to remember. Before you enter into the promised land, remember. There's a couple of things just briefly that I'm going to hit here because... This is a weekend for reframing. I said this last year, too. At the end of 2020, I looked back and I was like, man, this year was tough. But as I started looking through all the pictures, because we did that last year, too, I was reminded just how many good things God did, too. And I started to reframe in my mind. I kept All 2020, I kept calling the year a dumpster fire. It was just crazy. I couldn't plan anything and make it happen. I couldn't get people to show up, but I did plan stuff. It just felt like, oh my God, what are we doing, right? And it was a dumpster fire. But as I looked back on Rewind Weekend, it was an incredibly important moment for me. I remembered all the things God had done, and I began to reframe it in my mind. God gave me a different perspective. I believe he does that in these important moments. We're, we're marking this weekend as Rewind Weekend, and we're remembering, right? So this is what he did for the Israelites. The book of Deuteronomy was a rewind for them. It was helping them look back over the past 40 years so they would enter into the promised land in the right frame of mind, okay? Number one, God was teaching them that even in their wandering, God leads. Even in our wandering, God leads, even though it feels like we've been wandering around, right? Verse 2 says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. You were in the wilderness, but you were being led, right? He was humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. I can easily look back and choose to see the wilderness of this year. I can choose to focus on the humblings and the testings and get mad at God for it. Or I can choose to see how he really was leading me through that for my own good. Right? And I like to call it the dumpster fire, sure, meaning I have no idea what will happen or if any of my plans will actually work out. I don't always understand the plans of God, but I'm choosing to see them even though I can't see them. We see things now darkly through a glass, right? One day it will all be made clear. We only see a portion of what's going on right now. And that portion that I see, I'm choosing to see the blessings. But he has led me. God has led us. I'm not saying God did all of the things to you. We get this wrong sometimes. Or we say these nice platitudes to people at, at funerals and 
in times of craziness. Like, uh, God has a plan. Yes, God has an overarching plan that doesn't mean he did this evil thing to you. Life does that. Sin entered the world and things happen. But God still leads. We just have to learn new ways of following. Right? Mary probably never would have thought that anyone who could help would just show up in a barn. Like, she couldn't text out an address and say, come find me, help, I need help, right? There was no ambulance to call. God sent shepherds in a barn. She probably felt very alone. Little did she know, God was leading them to exactly where they should be. Can you imagine a mother in labor and being like, really, a barn, Joseph? Right? You had a while to plan this. You knew it was coming. Just saying. But they were right where they were supposed to be. Even in our wandering, God leads. Number two, even in our wandering, God teaches. Verse three in this passage said, yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you by you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you. People do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Look, I think this one, God teaches. It came more metaphorically for me. For some people, it was very literal. We had jobs stripped away this year. We got laid off. We got shut down, whatever. But we didn't have to go hungry. For some people, this was literal. God actually provided. He taught us that he is the provider, not our jobs. But the metaphorical part of it, I think, you know, we, we in seasons like this one, we tend to have these rock-bottom thoughts, right? Like when something bad happens, we, we have these thoughts like, well, at least we still have blank, fill in the blank, right? At least we still have the house. At least we still have friends or family supporting us, or at least we still have this event or this financial thing or whatever. At least we still have. These past couple of years, God has stripped even those things away for a lot of us. I don't know if I still have, and at least we still have anymore, right? Because really, though, my only at least we still have should be Jesus, At least I still have Jesus. Jesus is everything I need. We sing these songs like, you are all I need, right? Do we actually mean them? Do we really believe it? We're still holding on these at least I still have. I need to hold on to every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, not the mouths of people or friends or family or political parties or whatever it is, just the Lord. God taught me that all over again this year in a way that I won't soon forget. Mary was taught something in that barn too, I believe. These are the things she treasured in her heart. She saw the hand of God teach her that she wasn't alone, that she wasn't the only one who could know that she was special and favored and blessed. If the God of heaven knows, that is enough. She learned and wouldn't soon forget that God had her back. God was teaching her that. And number three, even in our wandering, God provides Verse 4 says, for all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't blister as well. 40 years. I know clothes were made differently back then, but 40 years? 
Your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister or swell. These aren't the usual ways that we think God provides, right? We think like like food in the fridge, a full bank account, extra presents under the tree. Like this is how I want God to provide, like a bigger house, better cars, right? I want God to, to give me things, but maybe he does it in a different way. Maybe he calls us the things that you already have, the things that I should be thanking him for, that he gave me in the past, that I probably begged him for in the past. Maybe I should be thanking him for those things, that they're not worn out yet. Maybe my car didn't need extra tires this year. Maybe the appliances in the house didn't break down. Right? Maybe he provided things that I haven't even seen or acknowledged in a while. We often forget that God works in these little ways, too. We t- I teach tithing all the time, right? And tithing is giving 10% of your income to the house of the Lord to fund his mission, his kingdom here on earth. People get a lot of details. They're confused and they're like, why does God need my money, right? God doesn't need your money. God is teaching you that he is the provider. He doesn't ask for 100%, 80%, 50%, 30%. He asks for 10%. If we can trust him with 10%, he wants to give you so much more. He wants to cause things not to wear out. And maybe it's you can't look back in your life and see big things that he's given you, although I doubt it, because if you really thought about it, you could probably name a thing or two. If we were actually grateful, if we postured our heart in such a way that we saw things with gratitude, you would be able to pick out a few things. But even if you couldn't, Maybe your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't blister and swell when you were wandering. Maybe God has blessed you in ways you haven't even been able to acknowledge yet. Mary didn't yet know what she would have to walk through with that baby boy. She didn't understand yet just how difficult was the road ahead. But I guarantee you those things that she stored up in her heart are what got her through. She stored these things in her heart, and she thought about them often. She treasured them. Today, we remember. Rewind Weekend is about remembering, looking back through the year. But don't just let this be a one-day thing, a one-time thing. Remind yourself often what God has done. That's what's going to get you through. If he's done it before, why wouldn't he do it again? If he's provided for you before, if he's taught you new things before that you needed to know, if if he's humbled you, if he's comforted you, if he's disciplined you, if he's helped you in any way, why wouldn't he do it again? He wants to do it again for you. And I, I just, I want to challenge you this week as we approach the new year. Instead of thinking about all the ways that you're going to change in the new year, all of the, the things that God is going to give you and bless you with in the next year, I just want to challenge you to think of all the ways that God has led you, taught you, and provided for you first. Remember and take heart, for he has already overcome the world. Father, we humble our hearts before you today. We look back we reframe we're choosing today to see all of the good things even if this year felt like a wandering season even if it felt like a desert 
God, you were there. You were in it with us. You led us. You taught us. You provided for us. God, open our eyes and help us see. Help us be grateful. Help us understand who you truly are, that you sent your son into our mess to die on that cross for us. And that it wasn't just a story of hope and joy and good things, but that it was messy. It was a story of pain too, but you saw them through. Mary had to walk through a lot of tough things, but she was favored by the Lord. You saw her through it, and you're going to see us through too. Heads bowed and eyes still closed today. I want to close out this year by offering you an opportunity. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus before. I'm here to tell you it is a worthy cause. There is nothing else on planet Earth that is worth giving your entire life to. But Jesus is. He gave his life for yours. He wants to lead you, to provide for you, to teach you. He wants to give you purpose and calling on planet Earth. He wants to show you there's a better way. And we get stuck in these loops of sin and shame, selfishness, right? We think all kinds of other things on this life are worth living for. We may not say it out loud, but we, we act it. We live our lives in such a way that we're building our own kingdoms, not his. All the things on this earth will pass away, but his kingdom will never pass away. His mission and calling on planet earth is the only thing that's going to last. It's the only thing worth giving your life to. So today, whether you're here in person with heads bowed and eyes closed, or whether you're watching at home online today or later, if that's you and you would say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I'm ready give my life to Jesus. Would you just raise your hand right where you are? If you're watching online, you can text the number on the screen or type I'm in in the comments. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Just raise your hand up high. I want to give my life to Jesus. Maybe it's the first time or it's been a really long time. Put those down. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. But I also want to offer an opportunity for a little bit of repentance here. Maybe you know, maybe we've been looking back at this year and thinking just how awful everything has been. And certainly a lot of us have walked through some awful things, heartbreaking things. It's easy to focus on only that, but God has done some good too. He's given you good moments. He's provided for you. He's seen you through the tough times. In this life, Jesus said, there will be trouble. But today, maybe you need a, a little help taking heart. Maybe you feel like you can't quite do it on your own. Like I've, I've shoveled a lot onto your plate instead of taking off of your plate today. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus came to make it easier, to make your burden light. And he's not telling you to just feel it, to just muster it, to just force it. He came to help with that. In fact, he wants to enter into your mess and help you clean it up, not wag his finger at you and say, you have to be cleaned up to come to me. He sent a helper, actually. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you, comfort you, right? He came to bring power, love, and a sound mind, self-control. He came to bring that 
power. So if today you want to say, you know what? I've been looking at things all wrong. I've been really negative lately. Today I want to turn that around, but I need help. Would you just raise your hand where you are? I need help taking heart. I, I need the Holy Spirit to help me. I want to pray for you today. Hands held high. Father, thank you and I praise you for every single person in this room and watching online that has given their life to Jesus today and every person that says, you know what? I need help. I need Jesus to come in and help me. I need the Holy Spirit to empower me, to help me overflow with the love and joy and peace. Help me today, God. God, I just pray you would empower this body of Christ with gifts and callings, that you would help them see their purpose on planet Earth, that, that we would be the ones bringing the joy out with us, spreading the light and the hope and the peace, that we would leave here every week filled up so that we can overflow onto the world around us. God, thank you for 2021. Thank you for blessing us in this year, for providing for us, for comforting us, Thank you for being with us in times of trouble. Thank you that you are that safe place that I can run to when I'm scared or lonely or upset. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Help us leave from here remembering and honoring you with everything we have. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I-N-N. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Candace. That was a good word. Wow. Take heart. Three times, beginning of the book of Joshua. God said to Joshua, you're about ready to go into the promised land. He said, be bold, be courageous. So are you with me this year? Let's be bold and courageous. Doesn't matter what 2021 was. As Aaron led us in the first song, we're no longer bound by fear, but the power and the love of the Holy Spirit. So let's take courage. Would you stand with me? Thanks for being here we close out 2021 and look forward to 2022. Father God, we just give you thanks for uh, Pastor Candace and Aaron leading us this year. It's been a year. Thank you that we were following you. You're giving us the strength, the boldness to be courageous. No excuses, Father. If you're pressing on our heart, that we will respond and do that which you've called us to do. We will give where you want us to give. We will speak where you want us to speak. We will encourage where you want us to encourage. Let us be your people in 2022. As the promised land lays out before us, we will be bold and courageous and be obedient to do what you called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you all. Thank you for being here. Remember, uh, the class is coming up the other next week, not this coming week, the week after.